Breaking Down Juju, where we will be talking about Juju, the web series. Each episode, we're going to go into all the deep themes and everything within the series. I am your co-host, Ty Bidden. Uh, I'm a writer, I am an editor, and I became a Juju fan immediately from the beginning. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast, and I'm doing it with other than Moon Person the creator and writer and director behind it all. Hi, I'm Lynn Ferguson and I am the creator of Juju the Web Series and I am so happy that Ty could be here with me to co-host this thing and I created this series because I just wanted to give you guys a little piece of inside of my brain. So today we will be talking about the first episode one time for the birthday witch, which <laughs> of all, the, the name itself is just so awesome. Like, <laughs> I feel like when you're working in television, you're writing the thing, you get to name it, and you see so many pilot episodes that are just pilot, but you actually, you know, gave it a name and actually came up with this wonderful theme, not only for the pilot, but throughout the entire series. So I love that, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, one thing that I think about with a pilot episode, um, there's so much you have to really accomplish when you're starting a pilot episode. You're trying to build this narrative on something, especially when it's not based on an existing property. So, you know, you've got the story, you're trying to make people not only introduce your world and introduce your characters, but make people mm-hmm. understand them, make people have an interest in them, uh, make people want to follow their story and care about what's going on. Um, and then you also want to get your kind of overarching premise across, but you want to hook the viewer in just enough to make sure that they continue watching, right? Oh, it's so intense. (laughs) So, I mean, I can only imagine what that process was when you were kind of putting everything together and you were trying to figure out, okay, how far do we go in this first episode? Like, how do I, how do I hook the people in? For me, I, I get really anxious with building a story or even just building a world because I always build the world first and then I'm I build it so big and then I'm like now crap now I got to fill it up with people and I'm like okay now I got to fill it up with a bunch of different kind of people now I got to give these people's problems and I have to make their problems super different based on their parents and their grandparents and their jobs and what they've been through as a kid and what they happened to them as teenagers and you know, are they addicted to drugs or what is their family curse? Like, what is their vice? What is their virtue? So it becomes, it becomes anxiety for me most times is, and it's only, it's like a good anxiety because it's like, oh my God, I have all this I want to put out in my head. And then it's like, these stories can go so many different ways. Which way do I choose? I mean, creating a story is an infinite, infinite path. Like just so many different ways you can tell this story. So my anxiety always comes into like, okay, which path do I choose? Like, which path do I want to choose? Then it goes into like, okay, if I choose this path, how far can that path go? How, you know, it's, it's, you see how I'm just spiraling? (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's what goes on in my head. That's why I needed writers to bring me back to reality. That's why I brought in a writing team because they could help me make decisions. Say, wait, if you do this, then blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. All right, all right. That's a little bit too far. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm not proud to say that. I, I knew, I, I know where my weaknesses are and my weakness is not telling the story. My weakness is telling, picking which story to tell. So for the pilot, I knew that I wanted it to be a birthday I knew I wanted a curse to be broken. Like I'm still much of a fairy tale 
once upon a time Disney girl. <laughs> yeah. So it, I really, I, this was, this is really a once upon a time story. Cause I have a whole backstory. Like, I mean, you would have thought you're reading like a black African Caribbean fairy tale. Cause that's, that's where my love for fantasy started was fairy tales. You know, once upon a time, there was this princess up on the mountain. Like I love a whole a once upon a time theme. So Juju is really once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, you can really tell that you have that kind of fantasy background and stuff. I mean, you even hear it with the theme song, um, which is the first, literally the first thing that you're introduced to when you watch that pilot episode. <laughs> it's kind of got all of the elements of Juju to me in there because you have like this whimsical, magical start to the song. And then you have that trap beat that comes in. That kind of ties it to, okay, these are modern day millennial women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you cap it off with those ancestral drums. So, you know, the, the way that you brought that in and it just pretty much led right into their lives. You know, you could have had script at the beginning saying, this is where we are. This is what is happening. This is what is placed. But you just kind of eased right in. Just a little bit backstory on the theme song. The theme song is probably my most prized possession. <laughs> Out of the yeah. whole project, like the whole, like I love the characters I created. I love the storylines. I love everything that I did for it. But it's like the theme song for me. Most proud of myself for that. Only because my love for music. I come from a, a musical family, but I was never the music maker. Okay. <laughs> I played the flute, so that's why you hear flutes in the beginning because flutes are very whimsical and mystical, like the Pied Piper, yes. you know, and all that stuff. So I love the sound of flutes because it gives me that fairy tale feeling. So I was like, okay, we need flute. We need woodwinds, flutes, clarinets, piccolos. Mm-hmm. I was in a band also, so I know how to read music and I know different instruments by ear sometimes. Also, I knew I wanted the trap beat. Kenny, who's also like our second cinematographer who created the song for me, he's from New New York and I wanted a deep trap beat, but because I'm from South Florida, I'm from the South. I was like, Kenny, it needs to be the ignorant, thumping in your chest, out the box Chevy, ignorant, out of control bass, like shaking up the whole neighborhood. So I had to send him like references of like trick daddy and a whole bunch of miami music and a whole bunch of like south florida music i'm like kenny For sure yeah your heart needs to feel like it's trembling in the lungs <laughs> so i'm like that's what i wanted and then he delivered catholicism plays a big part in my childhood and in the series so i told okay. him put in the choir choir singing so that represents the catholicism of it and one of the witches because she's catholic the cuban witch and then the yeah the the dehembe drums i'm like okay we need to tie it back to ada and like where they come from and tie it into the yeah and i was i was like this is what i want i want i said i want strings um violins um i love strings i love organs to bring Mm -hmm. it back to the christian church because i also grew up in a christian church so i'm like i need the mass choir I need the Baptist <laughs> organ playing. I'm like, I need all these sounds in one. Like, 
because that's who I am. Like all those sounds represent me and what I listened to and what I grew up. My brother was a producer. He passed away last year. He was a big producer. Youngest brother does music also. Like everyone, you know, does music. So me making this theme song was kind of like, oh, okay. Like we share something. Like I am pretty yeah. good at music. Just I don't, you know, have to use my fingers and make it. But I know, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, but you knew what you wanted and you knew how to bring together all of those sounds. Right. Um, and like you said, it kind of is, it's not only representative and kind of encompassing of your life as the creator, but um, it also kind of encompasses some of our characters there too. Like when I hear that whimsical part, it, it kind of makes me think of Yaya and kind of how mm-hmm. she's more of a free flowing spirit. And then you hear the trap music and, you know, it kind of makes me think of Gigi or whatever, because she's kind of got that edge and that hood tour, you know? Right. Um, And same thing with the ancestral drums. Like it makes me think of Ada because she has Mm -hmm. that, you know, that she feels so rooted and feels so, you know, deeply ancestral and and speaks and the way she interacts and talks with people is outside of this time. Like she doesn't speak and and interact (laughs) in, in a way that anybody that you would normally run into today would talk. So Right. Um, you know, I think the theme song really just set everything up. Thank you. I'm so well, you know. That's my most, no one can take that from me. <laughs> I was like, we need a theme song. I'm like, and then I love Succession's theme song so much. So I said, mm-hmm. Katie, this, but let's make it black as fuck. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's how you know, like, I mean, even when you combine it with the imagery and stuff you would have in the background, it's like, okay, we're watching something black, something that we needed, something that we've been, you know, been looking for and been wanting. Um, and, you know, I think with Juju, it just came at such a, such an optimal time mm-hmm. right now where you're kind of seeing this uh, collective shift of people, especially black women kind of going into their ancestry, going into their roots, kind of rediscovering some things about themselves and about their bloodlines that they may not have known before. Right. Um, kind of reframing the way that they look at religion and the way they look at spirituality and stuff. Um, and the thing that really works well in the pilot, even though we don't get deep into it, is that you introduce these ten pieces. You you know, you introduce, you know, Mother Wawu will guide you here and you, you know, introduce these different parts of spirituality with black roots, but it's in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what people really need to see with something like Juju is not only to see us at the forefront and to see us leading the stories, you know, we're not the sacrificial lamb. Uh, we're not the sidekick, you know, we're leading right. the stories, but we're also leading in a positive way. And as much as they're magical, they're real and kind of rooted in reality. Um, I, I feel like that was kind of intentional for you to really take it and reframe the way that people think about these different spiritual practices and these different religions and stuff. Um, Cause it seems to have a really deep like Yoruba like foundation. Right, right. Yeah, it does. So growing up, I didn't in Jamaica, we don't really, I mean, we do, but for me, I'm talking for myself. I guess I wasn't just paying attention to Arisha's and, you know, who my grandmother and like my mom and aunts and all that stuff who were really praying to because I was a kid. All I knew is that, you know, mom has this pretty freaking sparkly purple rock on her dresser and like I can never touch it but it's so pretty it's so sparkly it's calling me like I want to touch it and she's like please leave my things alone and put it down (laughs) and you know it's like well why do you have a rock on your dresser I'm like I thought you don't want things from outside inside you know as a Florida kid we always were outside so like just nature was always in the house so it's like okay well you have this where did you find this so I can find one for myself (laughs) type thing and then like just seeing 
Florida water, like in our bathrooms, just like regular, like just on the bathroom counter, like around the house. Um, and then seeing it being put on you and then, you know, seeing it being just like tossed around the house, um, because you're blessing a new apartment. And like, I got, that's just what we, that's, you know, that was just my culture. Like that's right. That was your norm. That was my norm. Not knowing, you know, it's really for protection, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Seeing salt in the corners of the homes, the windowsill across the door. I'm like, okay, keep out, keep out duppy ghosts or whatever. And like, ever since I was a kid, I was afraid of duppies. And like, still now, like, I do not play with them. (laughs) Ew, dude. So like in a Jamaican house, like if something falls, we'd be like, oh, a duppy that. And you just like, just leave me, let that duppy do what he needs to. Until this day, like if something falls in my room, I'd be like, ooh, okay, well, you handle that. (laughs) I'll be over here. So yeah. So, and then when I saw it on TV, I started to see it on TV through oh well I can't I don't know if it was practical magic or if it was like something like charm I was just like the fuck <laughs> like that's what we do <laughs> not like the whole thing but just like little pieces like the salt like to protect from evil and da, da, da. I'm like huh salt I'm like my grandma do that and then like seeing a priest and like the exorcism and watching these horror movies like exorcism the catholic priest da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, well, sir, you are a witch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I was like eight or nine. So I'm just like seeing like these things like together now. So like, I'm like, well, my grandma, she must be a witch because she does most of these things. Like I've seen her, I've seen shit been blown in the house and like blessing it and praying hard and then like speaking in tongues and then you know mm-hmm. covering me forehead cross with olive oil praying over and i'm like well yes. i girl you are a witch too and i i remember i said it i can't remember if i was living in jamaica or america at the time um, but i was in church for sure i knew i was in the church my grandmother was like please please just please don't embarrass me <laughs> and I'm like but I'm like you guys are doing the same thing I'm like it's the same thing and then I just became super I started to be more intent about church as a child just because I was like oh this is magic like it turned into like a magic show to me right so it made it more interesting and more bearable and then as I it's like as I started to grow as I started to watch tv it showed it being more evil and more black people started to come, but it showed it being more evil. And I was like, okay, now y'all tripping because my grandma don't do this for sure. Cause that is a praying woman. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the problem that we've usually had with our, the way that we're depicted in shows, right? Like right. When, when white women are doing it, it's, you know, it's cool. It's magical. It's a vibe. Right. It's, you know, it's so stuff, you know, but when we do it, somehow people automatically assume that if it's a black woman or a woman of color doing it or something or a person of color, really, that it's right. supposed to be inherently evil, you know? And I'm like, I mean, and that speaks so deeply to how people view things with race. Right. Just in general, right? When white women can do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's seen as a vibe. We're doing it. And somehow we're evil and trying to inflict harm on someone. And it's like, no, people are just trying to bring some good into their life and just right. their life. Right. Nobody's, right. nobody's thinking about you. Right. So it was crazy because as I started to get older and saw the negative influence, and then as I started to get older, I started breaking away from the church because you get older and then the hypocrisy 
and then you just you know life I had a really rough childhood so it came to a point where I kind of lost my faith and like just stopped believing in God because mm-hmm. I, I had to be there was one point when I was like 10 or 11 where I was like okay this cannot be real because I grew up in three different um sacred places I grew up going to a Catholic church. I grew up going to a Seventh-day Adventist church and it was mm-hmm. really dependent on which grandparent I was with because my grandparents were, my mom's parents were divorced and they're two different faiths. So if grandma had us, if they had us, had to take us that weekend, guess what? We going to both churches. We're going to church on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. Oh God. <laughs> At the same time, my dad is Chinese Jamaican. So whenever I was on that side of the family, my aunt, his little sister, um, my father passed when I was two. So it's just, you know, his sisters. So my aunt was going to a um, Buddhist temple. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brought me back. That kind of brought me back because I was like, oh, you can worship God in peace. You know, no one's here looking at you. No one's here telling you that you're going to hell because you're watching Power Rangers. No one's telling you that you're going to go to hell because you go watch a freaking horror movie with your friends on Halloween. You know, like no one's going you, to, you come to worship God in peace. And I, I liked it, but you know, that wasn't like a consistent thing. So yeah, I mean, but the, the fact that you had those different types of experiences with different religions and stuff is so important um, because you have so many people that they only know one thing. Um, right. They're never exposed to anything else. And so if they're exposed to this one thing, this one thing has certain um, rules and, and regulations and indoctrination practices that tell them that you can't tap into your own magic, that if you, you know, see spirits or mm-hmm. if you do certain things that that's labeled as bad it's labeled as evil it's labeled as something that's going to you know internally eternally damn you to hell or something and right. that's the only frame of experience that they have or frame of reference they have right you know right. it's really easy to see how some people could misconstrue things as being inherently evil or, or bad or something that you shouldn't be doing when, when like you said it's really the delineation between what people may consider to be witchcraft or whatnot and what they may consider to be, say, Christianity. You know, I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I mean, there's a lot of things that intersect there. There's a lot of witchy it, stuff that happens is. there. And people you know, really don't want to accept that. For real. And yeah. the thing for me is, it's like, everything is about intent. People have used Christianity and people have used the Bible for evil harm. Absolutely. Slavery. They have also used the same Bible. I also read that same Bible that brings me blessings, you know? Absolutely, yes. So it's like a knife. You can use a knife to free yourself from a rope. That's your intentions Mm -hmm. with it. That's good intentions. You can use a knife to free someone else. That's the good intention. But you can also use that knife to kill that person. Right. It could be your phone. You can use your phone for harm if that's what your intentions are. You know, so it's like everything is about intent. So whatever your intentions are for whatever magic or prayer and all that stuff, it's, 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 that's what the energy you're excuting for that intention for that specific object or faith or it's your intention for that thought, you know? So yeah. when people realize that it's truly at the end of the day, spirituality and religion and, and magic and all that, you know, you want to call it magic. They're the same thing, and it's all about intent. Absolutely, and, you know, they, and magic comes that. out different ways. How you how you generate it? You generate magic your own way. You may generate it through God in the church, you know. 
the mm-hmm. pastor's words could be ma- he's generating magic into you that's his intentions to uplift you so that's he's he's casting a spell onto you i know spell can be like oh, exactly but <laughs> you know i always say <laughs> like grandmother's prayers yeah i always say grandmother's prayers are protection spells like yeah, and you know i think that's so interesting because it makes me think of that scene in the pilot where you have ada and you have kim in mm-hmm. Allie's bedroom, right? And so you have um, Kim laying on the floor and you have Ada kind of getting ready to transfer her spirit and they're kind of doing the spirit transfer. So you have Ada like chanting this incantation, but then you also have Kim saying a Christian prayer at the same time. They're essentially doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And neither one of them are doing with a negative attention. Like Kim is just afraid and she's like, I don't know what's happening to me, right. but Lord right. Jesus help me. And Ada is just like, I have no other way to be able to reach my girls because I'm right. here, I'm at this birthday party, I'm trying to get to my girls and let them know what's taking place and what their, what their birthright is and what they're, what they're entitled to in their life and who they really are. And so she's not doing harm to Kim. She just wants to borrow that body really quick because she knows that she'll be able to reach them in a way that she can't reach them within the essence that she's within. Right, and, both, and the thing is, both their spells worked. Because exactly. Kim didn't get harmed. She was protected. You know, Ada didn't do any, she, Ada didn't put her in harm's way. Ada didn't fight with her body. You know, Ada didn't use it for malicious evil. Ada really did it to protect them from Chris with the, you know, the glowing poisonous cup. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, she wouldn't have been able to put herself in that same space had she not been in Kim's <laughs> body right. in her you know in, in her essence at that time use her friend to to protect them absolutely absolutely you know um i think one thing that i that i also really kind of pulled out of that episode and i, I don't know if a lot of people caught on to it or not but uh i love the scene where first they have this, this sisterhood they're eating the cupcakes together and you have Gigi and uh yaya just pouring out blessings on Allie and speaking positive life and affirmations over her life. But I can't help but notice that each one of them took a cupcake with a specific color on it. Mm-hmm. And it almost mm-hmm. seems like that specific color kind of ties into who they really are. Uh, so you have like, for example, Yaya and kind of her relationship with Blue in the episode. She's got that blue kyanite around her neck or whatever that, you know, she, she has this connection with or whatever that she's using kind of to protect herself. She's drinking out of a blue cup. She takes the blue cupcake. So, I, I, you know, I can't help but feel like that may have been like a really intentional Easter egg that you guys kind of threw in there to give us a hit on who they would become and kind of how they operate and their specific personalities within their friendship circle. That was very intentional. It was so intentional that I wrote it in the script. <laughs> Um, it was so intentional that it was in their character backgrounds, like, oh my God. So what I'm doing is, for those who are listening, I'm compiling like a whole media bag of like our scripts, my jotted, noted scripts, like my di- scribbled up scripts on set and all that other stuff, character profiles that I came up with and like how they changed and all that other stuff. So yeah, like the character profiles, girl, like I had it all down pat before I even came up with the pilot. Like, like I said, I build the world first and then I put the characters and then I, I feel like if I don't know who they are, I don't know what their story would be. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Sometimes I like, I'll have a vague idea, like, yeah, three girls who find out they're witches, but I'm like, okay, but what is, what is their story? 
you know, to hell with the witch stuff. Like, who are, who are they? Like, what are they dealing with? And what are their vices? What are their flaws and complexities and all that other stuff? So, yeah, it was very intentional. Yaya, you know, with the blue bandana, the blue jeans, kyanite. Yes. And, like, I looked up what kyanite meant. And it, it ties into her, her empathic and telepathic powers. And kyanite is for clear communication. And it happened to be blues in it. So it worked so well. And then I also was like researching stones that ties into Yamaya and Kainite mm-hmm. is one of her stones. And then it, it opens up for clear communication. And then Yaya is a telepath. So she can read minds and feel emotions. So that stone will help her clear her head for, you know, all that other stuff. I mean, she's definitely the the empath, that that protective spirit or whatever. Like she embodies the spirit mm-hmm. of Yamaya within her, yeah. group, within her group circle. She's that. Um, she's very nurturing. Yeah. She's patient. Um, and then who else? Gigi, she's yellow. She had her blonde hair. She, we didn't have a yellow cup, so I told her to get green because it was the closest thing. Yeah, but she had the ring pop on and the ring pop had yellow on the bottom of it. Yes, the ring pop had the yellow on the bottom. Yeah. Um, so just, just those little nuggets for Gigi, I wanted her to have an amber stone, but I couldn't find one in time. But amber mm-hmm. is for Oshun. And that's why she has all the sweets, like kind of to represent the honey. So people always crack up with the blow pop and the ring pop. <laughs> yeah, It was to represent sweet honey, you know, because honey is Oshun's offering. So she's getting her offering. She's very sensual. She's very open about her sexuality. She's very demanding. Her presence is very demanding. She loves gold. She loves lust. She loves, you know, she loves luxury and she loves women and liberation and fighting for their rights and fighting for their advocacy and all that other stuff big Um, ocean in it (laughs) (laughs) massive you know it it kind of reminds me like with beyonce and lemonade when she did the hold up video and Mm -hmm. she comes out of the building and she's wearing this yellow dress and she's got the water flowing at her feet and it's almost like with Gigi and how kind of how she's somewhat surveil under surveillance because she's a social media you know, right. Right. Star, social media influencer or whatever, but she's also not afraid to look back in that. Yes, I see you watching me, but I'm going to be who I'm going to be anyway. Right. I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. I'm going to say what I want to say anyway. That's I mean, it's just like when Beyonce looks at the camera and like she knows the people are watching her and she takes the bat and, you know, smashes the camera. Right. Like, right. That's, that's total GG energy. GG is really like, because when my friends like watch it or read it, <laughs> they're like, girl, you wrote yourself. Because really, the three—the thing is, the three witches—they're all—they're—they're they're all me. Um, Yaya represents the big sister me because I'm the oldest of five. Okay. You know, and we're really close in age, so I was literally like the deputy parent. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Yaya, that's who Yaya represents, and like to this day, I'm still like big sister, and like, okay, guys, like let's make you know peacemaker and all that other stuff, and look out for their well-being and stuff like that but still kind of give tough love and still and still had to like kind of step away because I was pouring from an empty cup yeah so that's where Yaya stems from my me as a big sister Gigi represents me as me (laughs) that's just who I am as a person I gave her 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 backstory is my backstory I gave her like this backstory of like how she found her way sticking up for women being proud of her sexuality and stuff like that is because you know I was a sexual assault victim um twice you know as a child and right 
when I was, you know, when I had my son. So that's who I am. I'm just like, you, you know, you grow to heal from it. You go to mm-hmm. become from victim to victor. And then you kind of grow to just be this person was like, well, fuck you. Y'all going to talk about me anyway. So I'm going to just do what the fuck I want to do. I'm right. going to dress how I want to dress. I'm going to, you know, do what I want to do. And yeah, you get a lot of, for me, Gigi, if I could, I would have made Gigi a mom, but that was just too much responsibility for new riches. <laughs> right. Because I was like, wait, how would I handle that? Because I'm barely holding on to it. Right. It's like, I ain't got time. I really don't have time for that. Like, I'm busy right now. Um, but, you know, I get a lot of slack for my Instagram and how I am as a mom. But it's like, when you people meet my son, they're like, no, he is like crafted by God. And I'm not just saying that he's, he's my son. I'm saying that because I really had to like heal and took time to really like Mm-hmm. learn who he is as a person and mother him based on his love language I get that um, and I'm also a mom I've got daughters so <laughs> you know I get that the same thing because they I mean they we call them my daughter my son my whatever but they really don't belong to us they um, don't they don't I tell that, I say that all the time they don't belong to us and you know it hurts I think about it all the time and I'm like wow I really I'm there's going to be a day where I really have to let you go right um, but that's really what my purpose was was to put out a decent human being back into the world you know so that's how I see it it's like okay I was appointed to craft a decent human for the world whether it's the world or just his world, whether it's macro right. or micro, um, whether he touched his inner circle or, you know, touched the country. So that's how I kind of saw it as <laughs> a parent. So, Gigi would be a good mom then. Yeah. Like. So, so yeah, I get a lot of slack for that. But at the end of the day, like I said, my mom couldn't barely control me. So I'm like, there's... My mom, not that she couldn't control me. It's like, I was, I'm a Taurus stubborn bull. Like I do what I want. I'll take the act. Okay, ma, you just won't have to whoop me. Like that's who I was. Got good grades. I did what I needed to do as an older sister. I, you know, babysat, cleaned the house or whatever. But at the end of the day, I still did what I wanted to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'll take, I took responsibility and I took accountability. I'm like, well, that that was worth the ass whooping. You know, I used to weigh my options. I'm like, oh, guys, I don't think this is worth me getting my tail whooped tomorrow. Right, but if it's worth it, let's do it. I'll do it later. <laughs> you know, so that's how Gigi is with her magic. So that's why, like, she goes, like, she's just like, oh, shoot, what? I can do this? I can control men even more? So that's why she just goes full-fledged and does what she wants to do. And that's why, you know, Ada says, girl, no, that's not what this, this is not what we here for. Like, yeah, I mean, and she has this level of freedom too. I think, you know, most people look at it and kind of think of Yaya as the more free one, just because mm-hmm. she, you know, comes off as more spiritually liber- liberated and stuff. But to me, mm-hmm. Gigi is equally as free because oh, she's yeah. actually yeah. doing things the way that she wants to do them. And she's not really conforming to performing womanhood in a way that most people would expect her to perform it. Um, And so I think that sets up such an interesting dynamic with her and Allie, because Allie kind of follow, it seems that she follows a bit more of a traditional path Mm -hmm. where, you know, she went for the traditional career. She's trying to climb the corporate ladder and stuff. And so those things are important to her, but 
in a way, it almost feels like she's a little bit envious of Gigi and Yaya's oh, yeah. ability to kind of live outside of the margins. Definitely. Yeah. Allie. So Allie is our red cupcake. And Allie is very, Allie was, well, it's not me anymore, obviously, because now I'm a creative. <laughs> yeah. But Allie was me, like coming from first gen, a first generation um, American. The stress and the burdens of that alone is just like, it, I mean, when I say it fucks up your brain, it fucks up your whole wiring because you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're pulled between two worlds and two expectations, the expectations yes. of your parents culture that you either know only so much about just because your parents had it in the house, but not like deep into it, or, you know, nothing at all. Cause your parents just completely Americanized you, but yet when it comes time to high school, they want to become traditional now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, it's so much. And then you got American norms, like from high school, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's, it was, it's so much. So Allie, she's first gen. She represents the first gen me. Um, and she represents the angry me. I had a lot of problem with rage. I had to do like, like blackout rage, blind fury, where it was, it became harmful to myself and potentially others like I said we me and my siblings we had didn't have the best childhood so we grew up exerting that rage different ways good ways Mm -hmm. like channel it different ways whether it's music boxing but for me I kind of channeled it into like where can I put this anger and I poor thing I put it in the alley (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I'm sorry girl but I promise you you are going to release it in a way you never thought possible Right. That lets you know that when she really taps in, like she's going to be the most powerful. You get that, you know, you get that kind of hint early that, oh, usually it's the one that doesn't believe, the Mm -hmm. one that's kind of holding on into and internalizing things Mm -hmm. that usually ends up like becoming the most powerful one. Right. And really the strongest one. For her to not believe also, like I said, there was a point in my life where I was just like, okay, I grew up in three different churches and like ain't none of them hit on nothing on my life. Like, so what is the point? (laughs) You know, all that anger from like, you know, growing up realizing like, wait, hold on. I had to go to you three times a week sometimes, sir, in different faiths. And like, you did nothing for me because my life still sucks and I'm only 17. i mean thank god i can laugh about it now but that's where that skepticism comes from because once i came back to my senses and like started to believe again like i felt more powerful and i felt more liberated and i felt more free to get outside of that box of being a first gen and because girl i didn't pick my college i didn't choose to go to famu my mom chose that for me i didn't choose my nurse i didn't choose my nursing degree my mom chose that for me my first job, my mom came home and was like, oh, you have a job at Wendy's. Here's your uniform. You know, wow. the, you're going to this. I wanted to go to the high school that was zoned for my, my um, neighborhood and my middle school because, you know, mm-hmm. you're friends. She was like, nope, you're going to this school because it's a medical magnet program. However, I do, I am grateful for going to that school because I, that's my high school and I love it. And I joined the dance team. Like I was able to con make my own little world within high school outside of science so I kind of found myself outside of my mom for a little bit like outside of those norms and you know and it was a historically black high school so it was all black high school 
um, predominantly black high school. We had a marching band, so I was on the dance team. So when home, when Beyonce did homecoming Coachella, please believe like I got my life. Like, <laughs> I was like, so much memory. So that was me. Yeah, but you got to still create your own experience. Right. Within, I got to create you know, even though somebody had curated your life for you, you still got to have right. Your own so high school was right. like my little thing of like freedom of who I am, and that's when I realized I could draw. That's when I realized mm-hmm. I could paint. I realized I could. I was I could do fashion design because I knew how to draw. I knew how to do cartoons, and like I started to just find myself more. Um, so back to Allie, that's usually how that's her route. Um, yeah, and then she's Oya also because she has a storm brewing inside of her, and everything is just rage and raw, and you know. And I just wanted to also showcase Black girl rage because I feel like we're not a a lot of my a lot of my women characters have problems some kind of anger issues and I feel like black girl rage should be explored more yes because anger is such a powerful anger is what what I've learned anger is such a powerful 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 emotion it's such a magical emotion yes and it goes back to intent it's kind of like the dark arts where it's just like only like you really have to be skilled and mentally you know, there to like really know how to channel anger because it can be so intense, you know? Like I said, I blacked out conscious, wake up like, holy shit. That's the type of anger I had. (laughs) And I'm only 31, so this was like 20s. How recent it is, my last blackout was like probably the month before I moved up to New York in 2017. But since then, since finding Juju, my spirituality kind of like started, I started to channel it. Like I feel it, but I'm like, okay, I know what to do with it. Yeah, you had a place to be able to wrap that up and pocket it into instead of it just either brewing on the inside or, you know, just kind of spilling over and having no, no avenue and no place to go. Right, right. So that's, that's what Allie represents. Allie represents the angry, the anger, my anger, my aggression. (laughs) She has that constant kind of undercurrent. That's what she is. She's my cancer in Mars. She is perpetually annoyed, um, and and I and I enjoy it so much because that's so relatable. Like I mean, especially for a person that you know, being in the space that she's in, where she's in a predominantly white space at work, um, mm-hmm. where she's not getting the recognition and stuff that she deserves. I mean, how many black women can relate to that? Right, and can feel that and understand that shit from home while dealing with family problems while dealing with like a nagging spouse if you got one you know it's just right so much yeah and then she comes home <laughs> now she's a witch <laughs> it's, now it's like girl what get out my face what are you talking about girl gone <laughs> like I'm gonna hey, I mean you got time for no supernatural she's so shit. petty with it too and I thought it was really cool especially at the in the final moments after they you know danced and had a good time that night they wake up the next day and we just get that subtle hint like you're not really sure if that's what it is and because Ali says you know just throw the shoe and Yaya does it and you're like wait a minute like did she just kind of do it like on like a whim or what, what, what's going on here or whatever <laughs> I was like oh my god wait a minute Ali everything it seemed like everything was just like so like mental and physically based with them or whatever because you had Gigi that was like you know I feel so sensual I want to create I want to do something with my mind and then you had Yaya I was like I can hear everybody's mind everybody shut up (laughs) (laughs) and you got Allie like you know I'm ordering you to do this thing and you're going to do it because that's what I said so I think it's really interesting that all three of their powers are rooted within their within their mind or have something to do with their minds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you know at the end of the day 
it's all in your it's all your mind that's how you conjure up magic you know you like the laws of attraction you focus on what you want and not what you don't want you folk you know everything is manifestation meditation like that's all magic what i thought was really interesting was the moment that it seemed that their powers were kind of and i'm not sure of the right term here maybe kind of unearthed or activated or kind mm-hmm. of sparked at the party um it kind of happens at this very specific moment so they they've had their brownies they've had their drink in their cup and stuff like that and so they're kind of in this altered free or state of mind mm-hmm. where it almost seems like they're more open they don't have anything negative they don't have the mm-hmm. troubles of the world you know yaya had the stuff that she was looking at on the news on her mind right. Gigi kind of had some different things in the back of her mind you've got ali thinking about work and stuff but right. they don't have anything right. negative blocking their energy and so they were more receptive even though they didn't realize it till they didn't realize it because <laughs> yeah. they were drunk and, and high <laughs> yeah. so while they're free at the exact same moment, it kind of pans back over to where Chris is and he's lying on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. kind of under the spell or whatever. So I just love like the juxtaposition there of this like kind of unmitigated like freedom and fun and stuff like that. And then you also have somebody that's kind of under the thumb of this, you know, this right, evil like, even energy. Out there to get your girls and y'all are just living your best life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really, that's, I mean, that's real life though. Like you could have him be having a grand old time and then you step outside and it's some bullshit. That's how quick things switch up, though. Right. And also, both of them happened at 11-11. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think that's a that's another thing in there that you just, like, pick up on or whatever, because people recognize that as an angel number. I mean, you know, you're, you're seeing the number one. It's a, it's a new beginning. Um, you've got spiritual awakening. You've got thoughts kind of creating your reality. You know, as you look at 11-11, you're looking at, you know, the number 11, like, which is a master number. And so it's so interesting that that's when they came into their power, they're getting ready to go on this journey of spiritual awakening. They're getting ready to kind of start this new beginning, this new chapter of their life that they were previously unaware of. I love, love the fact that that you all used 11-11 and used the power of, you know, and I'm not sure exactly how deeply that intent was, but that you use those numbers in there and kind of the meaning behind them and how it ties into their future. I wanted to do my angel number as an ode to my um, dad. So my angel number is 911. And his birthday is September 11th, and he passed away in 1991. So it's like an 11th month of the, you know, and I was born at 11.02. So it's like 11 is a big wow. number in my life. And 9-11 is my angel number, but because of timing and continuity, I'm like, oh, that's too, er- that's too early in the evening to pull that off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we did 11-11, but 11-11 plays, it played a better part into it anyway because 9-11 is basically telling you that you're a light worker and you're here to counsel and lead and all that other stuff which is them too because that's that's really what they're they're spiritual servers to the to the community so that's why this curse is broken and that's why evil is coming to get them because they have like the most powerful purest power and go back into fairy tale land they have the purest magic 11 11 worked better because it's all about manifestation and fulfilling your destiny and all that other stuff and they're supposed to be fulfilling a prophecy yeah so I, you know again i i love that because it it leads into the those final scenes and it just really sets the stage it sets the tone um and if you go back and you're paying attention to those things the, the colors the way that you guys use numbers and numerology the way that you guys um introduce in different types of faiths and did this kind of juxtaposition of you know this is not 
what's evil. These, these are these women, you know, coming into a birthright and accessing a higher level of self-power um, and also preparing them for a battle, a war, for mm -hmm. fighting back against something that's evil and that's coming their way and that's kind of lurking in the shadows, hiding in plain sight. You know, even with the woman that was there at the party. I mean, she's there. Nobody's paying attention to her. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it really speaks to that, how evil can be right there right in your right. eyes and you you don't even see it you're not even aware right but right. you've got these guys and you've got someone that's kind of in your corner looking out for you making sure that you know you're kind of staying protected your ancestors and are always, always, with always with you always with you yes i did i love that so much and then you've got the music throughout it too or whatever i mean again everything from the theme song tying into um you know, the song where they're dancing and everything and stuff like that. And it's so beautiful because that's uh, your brother's record, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the songs are, all the party songs are my brother who passed. So the, the party song at the end when they're getting their magic is my brother Cade's song who we dedicated that episode to. And then the song in the beginning of the party is my youngest brother, my 19-year-old brother's song. And it's, that song is called Long Live Cade. So you probably hear the name throughout, if you really... Yeah. The music you'll hear that's what you'll hear so yeah they're my brother my brother's music i put it in there i really enjoyed because it worked out so well and so many people love it and i'm just so overjoyed that i could you know share this with my siblings that's so awesome that's amazing big and i mean again sister, it goes back big to sister, that always going big sister <laughs> yes always looking out goes back to that tie of family and stuff and you know even with the even with our girls i mean they're they're essentially a family right right and chosen family right um and like for me also it's like their relationship models not only just like my friends my besties that i have like how we are just so much different people and then it also like that siblingship with my siblings like yeah we may bicker yeah i may tell you to shut the fuck up but like right after i tell you to shut the fuck up i'm gonna ask you can get me a cup of juice and you're gonna get me a cup of juice because that's right, just what we love me <laughs> <laughs> and that's film all day. Like Gigi and Ali are literally going at each other, like just shady as hell. And then a few minutes ago, she's like, I love you, my spicy mama. Right. Cause it's I just have like a better job. I want you to boss up and stuff. And I'm like, that's what real that's what real sisters Right. Do. Like that's why I'm so hard on you. Like that's why I'm so direct at you. And like it's not that Gigi is like picking on her because Gigi is how Gigi exerts like that boost. That's how I am. Cause I'm just like, okay. This is about the fifth time you said something about this shit. What are we about to do? <laughs> do we have a plan? Because you can't, at this point, I don't want to hear it. It's either I don't want to hear it or I need you to figure it out. Right. She gives and me, then, she definitely gives me an execution type person or whatever. Like, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to be about right, it. Right. Like, I need you to do something. First time I let you vent, but you, you, you need, what's the point of complaining if you're not going to change it? And I think either a friend said that to me or if I said that to a friend. Because, it, I mean, that's just the reality of friendships also. Like, your friends are not your therapists. So it's just like, what are we doing? It's like, do you, you know, do you want advice or do you want to, want to vent? Right. <laughs> just want advice? Okay, I'll give you some advice. But I'm going to just give it to you raw. If you just want to vent, okay, I'll be here to listen. But you got one time. <laughs> you got one ticket. about the same thing over and over again because I don't want to hear it. You got one ticket. Here's, you know, here's your pass. And then you have Yaya who's on the other end like, okay, yes, I understand what Gigi is saying. 
and she's right but the way she said it don't worry about it you know she's kind of but I understand completely how you're feeling if your feelings are valid it's okay we'll figure this out you know that's that's yaya right and it's so clear that Ada understands like how the dynamics work within there Mm -hmm. because you know in those final moments she directs her energy at yaya and she's like you feel different you feel more fear than you've ever felt before in your life mm-hmm. and then they have this this energy connection and stuff like that and yaya's like oh i mean even when they first met right you know, there was just like kind of an energy connection or whatever she knows she's the empath she knows she's kind of the foundation of the group that kind of holds these two you know opposing right. forces together or whatever so the way that she reaches out to her in the end and she knows that i can get her on board because mm-hmm. yaya's walls were yaya's spiritual walls were already down exactly you know they were like she was already embracing it as part of as not culture but like just spiritually like as part of her religion so it was already there and then like because she was just already so much more open it kind of just fed into her a little bit more stronger and then she's already the anchor like they all play a role they all need each other for for them to be one cohesive unit Cause you need all those three you need anger you mm-hmm. need um sensuality and femininity and you need groundation you know Absolutely. you need all they're all different elements you know air sign they're they are air sign water sign and earth sign mm-hmm. no they're fire sign earth sign and a, air and a sign, water sign, water sign? <laughs> they don't have no air they don't have an air sign they don't have an air sign yet but like I said, you need all pieces of the earth to be, you know, be one. So, yeah. So, and that's so true. All those different elements kind of existing within them. Um, and so that's kind of how the pilot really wraps up is, you know, we, we, we get the foundation for these girls. We understand their personalities. We understand their, you know, motivations, their likes, their dislikes, what they're into and stuff. Um, and to me, that's why Juju just works so well with the pilot, because it accomplished the things that a pilot sets out to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you end with something like, you three are witches, and everybody's like, what? And I mean, it, it encourages people, like, I have to come back and see what's next. Right. I have to see how this works out. I have to dig deeper into these girls, and I need to understand their reactions. How they're going to, how do, how do you handle that type right. of information right. and then still go about your life, you know? Yeah, that's, and that was my intention. I didn't want them to know that they were magical because we don't know we're magical. You know, a lot of us don't know. So it's like, I didn't know I was magical, you know, until like, I really like tapped into it until it came knocking at my door and I like really mm-hmm. tapped into him like, oh shit, okay. This stuff does really does work. Like, wow, I'm really magical. Um, but it's also like learning how to deal with it. Like learning you know, fighting that urge to use it for bad when you're pissed off, you know, fighting that urge to do a love spell when you're trying to figure out like if this dude like you or not, you know, like stuff like that. So that's, that's the things they go through, like Mm -hmm. using their magic for their pleasures. And like, like I said, we don't know we're magical until it comes knocking on our door. So that's why I wanted them to start off with just, I wanted people to know who they are without their magic so that they can see why their their powers are their powers and like how without their powers they can still get shit done like there's still women who would get shit done like right away the the, the hyper realism of magic you know like the 
you can't freeze a shoe in the air like you know stuff like that or right. like actually like listening to thoughts and stuff like that or manipulating emotions <clears throat> which you can do but not on like a, not with a touch <laughs> right. um yeah. but yeah so i wanted to show i wanted to show that also just like you know underneath it all magic is real and around us and in us and it's like it's real whether you want to believe it or not it's real <laughs> you just have to believe and tap into it and i wanted to show also i was so upset how like sabrina the teenage witch and like all those other double double toil and trouble and like those cutesy hocus pocus because even the hocus pocus witches like even though they were like looking to eat children they were still having fun with their magic and no one said anything like they were right. literally looking to eat kids <laughs> Just no this one said anything like. about it but if you throw you know angela bassett in one of those wigs along with gabrielle union along mm -hmm. with tika sumter next thing you know oh my god through a movie about three witches eating the souls of children that is right. da -da 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 -da. demonic yeah it's, it's automatically demonic and, and evil and again it's only because of the people or the person that's attached to it right so i wanted to i'm like fuck it i'm gonna show witches not teenagers because you know teenagers it's not just teenagers who don't have life figured out it's my 30 year old ass who still is just like what the fuck am i doing with my life like what is yes. going on you know i motherhood i tell everyone i'm like look this is my first rodeo and i'm winging it like i've been winging it for 12 years and i'm gonna keep on winging it <laughs> real you I know mean, but that's all you can't know do. what i'm doing until the time comes i don't like i don't it's not like i think if we just realize like none of us really know how to navigate life and it's really like a day-to-day -day basis based off impulses and common sense then we'll realize life will be so much easier so i wanted to show coming of age also that struggle of like identity you know mm -hmm. who am i because i struggle with that with you know being had to be jamaican in the house but then like, I really feel more connected to black American Southern culture because that's where my parents decided to, you know, plant me and right. put black schools and have me around black people go to HBCUs. I can't choose because I love yeah. both. Why can't I be both? Why can't I speak Patois and then also speak how I speak over here? Like, you know? Yeah, I come so, from the opposite experience where I'm raised black American. And we don't know a lot about our cultural roots. We really don't know anything. And it's just not something that everybody, anybody really spoke about it. So you kind of have that desire of, man, I wish I knew. I wish I had a bigger connection to something else. You know? Yeah, to, I have a lot of friends that said that too. Um, like American friends were like, well, I wish I had a flag. And I'm like, well, you do have a flag. And I'm, I used to always tell my friends all the time, I'm like, y'all have, there's culture here. Right. I'm like, you, ha I'm like, you have, because I'm, I live, I'm living the culture. It I'm took me a long time to realize that. Yeah. To, it to took really, a lot like, of me. Yeah, yeah. It took me telling a lot of my friends. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like Southern culture is a culture in itself. I'm like the catfish, the, the crawfish, the seafood boils, the fish fries, the crab boils. I'm like the candy painted cars, the dress, the goals. I'm like, that's, that's culture. And that's right. my culture because I love it. Cause I read Florida to the death of me. Got grills. I love gold teeth. Like, you know, I love trick daddy and Trina. Like I'm a Florida mm -hmm. girl. But I'm also, I'm a Jamaican and I can chat patois minito, you know? So it's like, right. I, I grew up realizing that I knew how to, I could be both. 
and merging it and also like showing people like yeah we're not a monolith Mm -hmm. but we're still we're connected and we have a lot of similarities it's just different seasonings you know you got adoba in cuba or you got jerk in jamaica you got curry in guyana and trinidad it's really the same thing and we all eat rice and beans so mm-hmm. when people realize that all black people in every country eat some kind of rice and beans <laughs> am i lying <laughs> you are not lying yeah, yeah. So, in north carolina we are some barbecue moonshine making people i mean that's just we all just we just cook it a different way and and that's okay though it makes us appreciate each other but also know that we're family and know that we're connected Mm -hmm. and know that we can it helps also respect each other's cultures yeah for sure you know so and then i think you go through that it's a constant process it's never ending of kind of discovering who you are discovering new truths about your life and about yourself about your culture appreciating mm-hmm. the culture that you that you have and you're connected to and just like a series of like rebirths and and deaths of things right so i mean that's kind of the journey that the pilot sets up for the girls is that they're getting ready to go through this this rebirth of sorts kind of discovering mm-hmm. a new exactly thing, a new chapter of their life yeah, letting they, something die and go past so that they can be reborn and achieves and greater not just on an individual level but as a collective right and it's also their saturn return so they're in their saturn return so they're geared up for 30. i love it (laughs) and that's what we have for today everyone if you want to follow up with any thoughts of your own about this episode then make sure you follow juju on twitter at juju web series to keep the conversation going until then we will see you next time on breaking down juju